Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Disappointed. My son just went through this last week. He lost a uh, soccer playoff game. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. It doesn't matter how much you coddle and protect your kids. They are going to feel the sensation of disappointment often. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. The, the weapon that they have is to choose one thought over another, and some kids need to have help with that. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We are so excited to have listeners old and new, and we have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share our episodes on Facebook, which is where we're finding a lot of our listeners. So if you go to our Facebook page, which is What Fresh Hell Cast, or just search Facebook for What Fresh Hell, it comes right up. Find our page, like it, and give us a share. Tell your friends about it, and we'll get more and more listeners. That would be great. Thanks, guys. So this week... We're going to talk about helping kids handle disappointment. Disappointment. Can I tell you my favorite movie scene pretty much ever? The movie, I'm dating myself a little bit, the movie um, A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, gosh. And it's like it's a been paper, a and they think that the um, treasure or whatever they're looking for, I can't even remember what they're looking for, but I, I can't remember, but they're basically the big treasure that they're looking for through the whole movie, they think is in this safe. And Kevin Klein's character opens the safe and he opens it up and they're all peering in the safe and the safe is empty and Kevin Klein just yells, disappointed. <laughs> and it's like, it's become like the rallying cry of my life. I think about it at least once a day. Something you know, happens and I just think, disappointed i am sort of an expert on disappointment oh it's because i mean it's just true i mean when i i I have spent 20 plus years uh having an acting career which is just it's just rife with rejection and disappointment it's just baked right in right so i feel like i have more than most people i am used to it and don't take it personally well you know i guess i I'm not used to being disappointed. I'm used to um, detaching myself from the outcome of things that I want very much. I've gotten very good at that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm similarly as a writer and performer have, I mean, I definitely know what you're talking about. 
it's something where you constantly set yourself up for the sensation of like, oh my God, this exciting thing is going to happen. And instead nothing happens and you're like, wah, wah. Right. Right. I've, I learned to crush my own hopes at a very tender yeah. age. It's a good skill. Good skill to have. <laughs> I remember when my writing partner and I first moved to Los Angeles and we got an agent and we were just like, oh, it's the unlocking of the Hollywood dream. And she's like, you have an appointment at 10 o'clock at this studio. And we went and we're like, I think we should get matching white Jeeps and then we'll live out by the ocean. And like, we were all the way down the road. Like we were like, we got a meeting at a studio. Next thing that happens is like, we start dating George Clooney. We're millionaires and we buy a house in Malibu. Well, like, we like just, it, it didn't really occur to us that there was the other option that they would be like, yeah, it's a pass. Right. Or, that, or what's, what's weird about Hollywood is they get you in the room and they're like, that's great. You, right. I have I have left many a meeting and audition like, OK, I'm going to clear you're my exactly schedule. exactly right. I start even Monday. more so, they're like, you're amazing. We love you. Like in the room, they're just like, you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. And then you leave that and you're like, white Jeeps, George Clooney dating, buy the house. And then you're like, we, we they the, never called yeah. me back. And then the phone doesn't ring. No, the phone does not. So I would hate for my children to have such an experience. Well, they're going to. And yet, right. I feel like there's a, literally half of the writing out there these days about parenting is about how we we coddle them and protect them. And we've, our kids have, have, we're trying to keep them from having such opportunities for disappointment, which I think is a little unfair, but, um, but that we should, that our kids have to learn to handle disappointment. It's it's part of growing up. Right. And the writing is always sort of broad strokes. Like back in the day, it was hard and these kids are spoiled and they never have experienced. It's like, it's not really true. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you coddle and protect your kids. They are going to feel the sensation of disappointment often. Well, if I, and there are some ways that I think it is a little easier than when we were kids, but I think it should be like, they don't, they don't have kids pick sides for gym. My daughter was home for sick right. from school so they, and she was they watching. Skip. They yeah. skipped that experience yeah, where she you're was, like, the cheese stands alone and you're the yeah, only kid left yeah. at dodgeball. She was watching The Wonder Years on Netflix, which is actually, by the way, a great uh, family programming for a kid. I'd say, you know, eight and up, great show for them to be watching. And she, But she, yeah, she was watching a scene about the, that, that was using shorthand to explain that horrifying um, feeling we all felt when we were picking sides for Jim and she didn't understand and I said, wait, they don't, you know, right. Okay, so it used to be that you'd have to stand there and hope that somebody would pick you. And she said, well, where were you picked? And I said, oh, like last, second last. I mean, de- definitely part of my childhood. And she was horrified by that. And I thought that was interesting because I think, are we coddling our kids? Yeah. Was that a bad idea? Totally. I think it's a good thing in some ways that we are protecting our kids from some of that 70s gritty <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think You're in this you, can yourself, get, you can get rid of the constructs in which disappointment is sort of horrifyingly immediate and terrible, but getting rid of the construct of picking kids for kickball is not going to protect them ultimately from the experience of feeling disappointed. So I agree that, like, yes, the kickball choosing construct, I'm glad to see that go. But at the same time, it is true that your kids... At some points in their lives, whether it's in dating, in their career lives, in trying to buy a home, in any number of different realms, are going to experience that experience of, I am standing out here and I am not being chosen. My son just went through this last week. He lost a a soccer playoff game and, uh, you know, like 
getting completely agitated on on the field watching it watching it happen and afterwards you know you can see the uh like radiant lines of anger coming out of his head right (laughs) as we're walking back to the car and after a block of silence you know walking for a block because we were walking to our car I said something like you know you played really well and I'm sorry I'm sorry you know you guys lost but you, you guys played very well and immediately was like, what do you know? And just completely turned it on me. And it ended up being this, well, look, don't be mad at me. That that whole kind of thing. Right. I handled that. I tried to handle the moment inappropriate. I mean, appropriately. I tried to handle it by giving it space, but I didn't give it enough space. Right. There's a, the Washington Post just this week has a, um, <laughs> has a story, I think it's called Don't Speak, but that, and that's, that's the point of the article, that you don't speak in that situation. When your kid is handling disappointment and you're there with them, don't speak even if it kills you. Let them say something first because if you speak first, then it's just going to turn into a fight and it somehow gets wrapped up in that if he's lost his soccer game, he has somehow let me down, which he certainly hasn't, and I don't want that to become a part of it, but that you should just withhold trying to help it, make it better, spin, don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, and I feel that for myself. I mean, don't you? Like, I've had this conversation with my husband where something goes wrong, and I immediately, like, I feel my shoulders go up, and I have, I've faced some sort of disappointment. Something something doesn't work out the way I wanted it to. And if my husband comes to me in that first moment of it, sort of like, oh, hon, I'm like, I'm going to actually punch you in the face. <laughs> like, you have to not, you got to like, I'm like right now like a wet cat. Like, you have to just not try to come at me right now and make me feel better. I need the process and the time to like kick the wall and punch the bed and feel like that just sucked. So in that moment, I mean, I guess never, but especially in that moment, our job as the parent is not to make the disappointment more palatable or more um, give perspective on it, right? Or make it seem that the disappointment is anything smaller or less important than it feels to them to be at that moment. That's exactly the wrong thing to do, even though that's... uh, I think my instinct and a lot of people's instincts. For sure, because you don't want to see someone suffer and you right. want to make it better. And one thing my dad said to us all the time growing up, which I think of a lot and I think it was good advice, is he would always say like, never judge a crossroads. So when something happens, like you applied for this job and you thought this is the job that's going to open up, it's going to be perfect, it's the perfect opportunity, it's going to open up all these things that I want and you don't get the job. And you're super disappointed because now it feels like that door that seems so promising is just slammed in your face. So my father's advice would be, well, listen, this is a crossroads. So now you're going to take this other path away from that job that you thought was perfect. And now everything that happens down that road is a result of that closed door. And you don't know what that new road is going to look like. Excellent, excellent advice and perspective but perspective that that I am often not ready for in the first day after losing the job. Right. And my mom, who is a counselor, talks a lot, and I think this is something that I think about a lot with my kids when they face disappointment, is just trying to give a name to the feeling to help the kids process it. So one thing I find myself doing a lot with my kids is 
saying to them, that was really disappointing. What happened? That stunk. I'm really sorry that happened because wow, how disappointing. You must feel really frustrated. And just sort of helping to try to really acknowledge what the feeling is without doing at all step two in the beginning, which is like, but you'll see later on that that wasn't the right person for you or that really wasn't the right job or that sucker loss in the grand scheme of your life. You'll never even think about it again, like all of which is true. But then in the moment, maybe what they need is just the acknowledgement if they need anything at all. If they need anything. Silence might be number one. Number two is just sort of helping frame it like, yeah, wow, that stunk. Well, again, we have the perspective of you of the five-year-old and I have the 14-year-old. Definitely 14-year-old, it's, uh, you know, walk on eggshells for 24 hours and do not avert your eyes, look away, do not mention, do not exhale too loudly, right? With a five-year-old, a five-year-old probably does need a little more help and looks to you as kids at that age do, right? Looks to you to, to, how how am I going, what is, what is my reaction to this supposed to be? Yeah. And, and then, and then I think it's about framing, like, what is an appropriate response to the way you're feeling? So that's something we're working on a lot. Like I have an eight-year-old now who suddenly, like, I did not see eight coming. Like eight is suddenly like, especially with boys, I think, eight is very like preteen all of a sudden. Like there's a lot of like huge emotions, door slamming, you know, wall kicking levels of frustration. And so one of the things that we're dealing with is just like, it is okay to feel that way. It is okay to feel that disappointing. You lost that game. That was extremely disappointing. But you are not allowed to have any tantrums in the downstairs area of our house. (laughs) We have the same rule and it's a good rule. And so like up you go. Right. And like my son will go up to his room and really rage it out. Like he's screaming, he's yelling, he's kicking stuff. He's punching the pillows on his bed. He's sometimes like rolling around the floor. Like you can see it in his body. Like I don't know what to do with this incredible amount of frustration I feel. But that's an upstairs in your room activity. It doesn't we, happen we in have, the living room. We have the same rule, and I think it's a good rule. I have, yeah, I have no problem with the um, with the door slam. We have pocket doors on the bedroom, so it's a, it's a the, the slide, the, the yeah. loud slide. <laughs> That's not by satisfying. It's like people the say gods. they miss the sensation of like hanging up the phone exactly. on someone. Like it's not the same to be like I push the red button on you. You're done. Like yeah, there's something about that door slam that is really satisfied it's a door it's the door version of that and if you slam it too loud it's just going to pop back open and then then now you have that disappointment yeah, on top that's of everything the, else adding to the disappointment so here's the thing the disappointment is is unavoidable and probably part of their character building right but right dr jim taylor psychology oh, today dr. jim taylor he says that disappointment is a natural response to failure but some children react to their disappointment in ways that increase the likelihood of more disappointment. Oh. So. Like, give me an example. Like, well, Renee Jane is somebody else who talks about this too. She has a, she has a website called gozen.com, which I just discovered. So she has a um, sort of infographic on this that we should definitely put up on our show page and will. But say, so, so when a kid, two kids don't make the travel basketball team, right? Right. One kid says, well, I'm disappointed but I'm going to I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to practice more in the backyard this summer and I'm going to try out next year. Okay. Or but but 
the baseball team has tryouts in two weeks and I'm going to really work hard until then and try right. to make the baseball team. And then there's the other kid who, right, who pops the ball and... Right, who's this sucks, it's stupid, and, and and goes to the room and goes to bed and doesn't doesn't recover from that, right? Like doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't get back up, and that those are those are two things that can happen, and that what we have to really do with our kids is not protect them from not making the travel team, right? But to help them with the middle step. So she suggests that there's this this ABC model that there's A is is for adversity. And C is for consequence. So A is for adversity. I didn't make the travel basketball team. The consequence is now I don't get to play and my two best friends are playing, say, right? But then the beliefs that are in the middle that we kind of forget about that step. But there, but kids can either have healthy beliefs or unhealthy beliefs in that situation. And what we can help our kids with is to have more healthy beliefs, to not say, I'll never do anything right, right? To not catastrophize or generalize right. or um, just, just go down the rabbit hole, but instead to, to have resilience. Yeah, and I think that's something you can definitely help with. And it's another area, and we've talked about this before, that you see how hardwired some kids are and how challenging it is. Because I have three kids who are learning to play piano. And my oldest kid is like, mm, I don't really care about piano, but if you make me practice, I'll do my little practice. And like, oh, hey, that sounded pretty good and fine. My youngest daughter is like, I love piano. Oh, it's so pretty. I love to practice. Oops, I made a mistake. Here I go again. I got it right. And my middle kid is like, I'm terrible at the piano. I'm bad at it. I can't do it. Like, and where is that story coming from? I don't know, you know? And so what I just try to do is say, like, let's try it again. And then when he gets it right, I'm like, see, you do, you're do, you doing great. And not, I don't even try to get into the thing of, like, you're not bad at piano. Stop saying that, mm. although it's very tempting and hard to kind of stay out of that. But, mm -hmm. but yes, you can help shape this stuff for your kids, but you have to acknowledge at a certain point that some of this stuff is really interestingly hardwired and kind of, there are kids who you probably have to work a lot harder at it with. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I have I have kids who are sunny and resilient and kids who are less so. So I totally agree that it's sort of who you are, right? But you can, some people naturally, I think, can have those healthy beliefs and some people naturally have the more... I'm bad at everything. I'll never do this right. That's they they go to that place, and so those those kids and those adults need a little more help, I guess, to to retrain those those negative thoughts. And I think the best thing you can probably do for that is model how you act towards it. I mean, it's like the same thing in we've talked about it with food. Like we try to just model the thing of like, let's have a healthy breakfast. So we have lots of energy because we want to run around all day. The role of food in our lives is to give us energy to do the things we want to do. The role of food in our lives is not to be like, uh, why did I eat that? Now I'm going to be fat and not fit in my clothes. Yeah. Like try to keep those stories away from food and try to keep. And in the same way, there's a famous thing that's been cited many different places and it's Bruce E. Brown and Rob Miller of Proactive Coaching. Okay. And they did this big study where they talked to they talked to college athletes and they asked them what their parents said that made them feel great and amplified their joy during and after a ball game. 
And the overwhelming response was, I love to watch you play. Yes. I read that article and I totally, I definitely use it. And it's something that I think about a lot. Like, and it's something that I say to my kids when they play piano, like, wow, I love to listen to you play that. And I think that's a good kind of touchstone thing in the house and dealing with these issues. Or like, I even do it with my kids with their homework. Like, wow, I love to watch you figure out a problem. That's so much fun to see when you're able to figure that out. It seems very simple, but I think that kind of language helps kids see something in the right light. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to break. We're going to take our first break and um, share this little comedy piece with you. And we'll be right back. How to handle your kid's disappointment from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Mommy, I dropped my ice cream cone. How to react. Oh, how disappointing. We can go back later and get you another scoop. How not to react. Life is full of disappointments, kid. This is probably just the first of many. I really studied for that test, and I got a C minus. How to react. I'm proud of you for working hard. That must have been one tough test. How not to react. Do you want to go to Stanford or not? Mom, nobody wanted to play with me at recess. How to react. Oh, honey, sometimes people just choose different playmates. I'm sure it'll be better tomorrow. How not to react. Names. Give me names. I will track them down one by one and teach them to mess with my baby. Mom, I didn't make the travel team. How to react. But good thing you'll be playing on the rec team. You'll still have lots of chances to play and to keep working on your skills. How not to react. I know you think that matters now, but when you're 35 and still living in our basement, you'll see. The travel soccer team didn't really matter at all. I lost the spelling bee by one letter. How to react. I know you tried your best, and you'll get them next time, Tiger. How not to react. You think that's disappointing? Mommy wanted to be a ballerina, and now I work as a typist. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. 
Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Okay, we're back. I guess that's that's resilience, right? That's what resilience is, or sometimes grit, people call it. And uh, my my oldest son had to apply to high schools uh, this year in New York City, and so we went to a lot of open houses and a lot of educators talking about what's important and what their school finds important. And there is such a sea change now um, in these schools, moving away from achievement. Um, and competition and towards building students who are resilient because there's all this new research that shows that in order to be successful in life, in order to be happy in life, or hopefully both, you need to have resilience. And so these right, schools are Right, that is definitely newly, the buzzword of our time. It resilience is. Resilience and grit. Yeah. And that's what this is, right? So so like through that lens, then then helping our kids handle disappointment is is a positive thing. Not that you're going to seek out places for them to be disappointed, but you certainly shouldn't protect them from them. And, right. and but but what you have to help them with, I guess, is those are those thoughts that come that come afterwards. There's so many things like that. It's like, all right, let's get this Lego set. And it's like, oh, we get this really advanced Lego set that you want. I can already see that it's going to involve so much frustration and carrying on and upset because it's so hard you know it's just that that issue comes up again and again and I'm not exactly sure where I come out on it the feeling of like and I guess I just always come out on the side of like you can do this Lego set and you can try it and you can feel that frustration and the hardness of it and how difficult it is 
But at the point where your behavior becomes unacceptable, that's when you're excused from the table and we're not doing it anymore. And I guess that all roads, um, as I'm talking it out loud, really come down to like, and my mom talks about this a lot and in, in terms of being like a family counselor and in terms of being a parent, like any feeling you have is acceptable. Whatever you feel, it's fine not to like someone. It's fine to find someone's voice very grating and annoying. It's fine to be extremely upset that you lost. It's fine to feel whatever feeling you feel. But the part of it that you control is your behavior. And so right. feel whatever you want. Ha- have the experience of like, it's wrong to say, we're not going to get this Lego set because I don't want you to get as frustrated as I know you will can, because right, this is too frustrating. Happening. But... Whatever feelings you feel in result of losing the softball game, losing the soccer game, getting beaten at bowling, or not being able to put the Lego set together, we have expectations of your behavior that do not change. Like you just keep exposing them to the experience and then helping them or making them deal with their behavior appropriately. So can I walk you through Dr. Jim Taylor's suggestions on on specific things you should do when your children are feeling disappointed? Sure. As a parent. So he's, Play it on me, Dr. Jim. All right. He says, allow them to feel disappointment. I think we've discussed that Correct. pretty we well. Check. We've feelings, got that. We're with you. Feelings are fine. We're way ahead of you, Dr. Jim. Um, don't spin the situation to make them feel better. I feel like I have been in the past a little bit guilty of that. Yeah, that's hard to resist, but that's exactly right. I don't think I minimize, but I definitely sort of say, uh, I, I don't want to forget what I would have said. It wouldn't have been useful. Don't do it. Don't 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 spin it. Let them let yeah, them own we, the truth of their disappointment. We talked about that a little bit as well. Yes, but you can offer them a perspective. I, I guess a healthy perspective. He says, which is which is pretty vague, but I think what's really important is the timing of that. As you said. Right. I mean, we talked about that as well. It's the crossroads argument, but not in the first five minutes, maybe not in the first 24 hours. And it's difficult because you see stuff and you're like, oh, that doesn't matter at all. It's not important. But you don't want it. That's minimizing. Like, oh, you will literally never remember being in preschool AYSO and missing that kick. Like, it does not matter. It actually doesn't matter. But they're not ready for that perspective. Two seconds after it rolls past the goal. He says, don't give them a consolation prize. You can support them, emotionally support them, but don't give them don't a, a consolation prize. I struggle with that. I really do. I struggle with that. I'm a little bit like, let's make it better. Let's go for ice cream. And like that, I think that's something I struggle with. I just did that when, when, when my 12-year-old lost a soccer game. I was like, who wants a burger and a shake? Can we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ah, it's not the fries. end of the world. It's not the end of the world. I think I that's mean, okay. I think it's probably fine. But I do think I I do tend a little bit. Like, I definitely am the person who, like, you bought a beloved new toy and you lost it. My instinct right away is, like, let's get on Amazon and get another one to be delivered right away. Like, I definitely struggle with that thing of, like, seeing kids – really disappointed in that way I definitely struggle with that thing of like we'll just get you a new one (laughs) maybe not the right way to go every time but food is fine I think consolation ice cream possibly wrong be wrong with like ice cream he says importantly you have to make you have to make sure they know you love them regardless of of their successes or failures which I think is really important I remember I, I had a piano recital I think I was I think I was probably about 12 and 
it was one of those things that I completely over-prepared for it. Did you ever over-prepare for something so much that no, it kind of falls apart? that's the difference between our personalities. <laughs> like, that is totally you. Like, you're an over-preparer, and I'm the person who's like, uh, never looked at the sheet music. Let's <laughs> it. today? What? Let's, I'm sure I can get through this thing. But I had, like, I had kind of over-prepared, so I had it a month before the recital, and by the recital, it just was, you it was terrible. It. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, what am I going to do? And I remember I overheard my mother in the kitchen. We were going to the recital and I'm practicing and practicing because it's I, I don't have it. I've lost it. I, I remember my mother saying to my father in the kitchen, what what, what, what are we going to do? She she had it. She had, you know, she and my mother never put, put any pressure on me. But I actually heard her expressing the same stress I was feeling of like, what's happening? She used to know it. and Now she doesn't. And and went to the recital, completely had that, you know, Wonder Years. You can picture the Wonder Years zooming in on Kevin sitting on the bench as he forgets his piece, right? It was right. it was one of those moments. And uh, I remember being so disappointed in myself, but thinking that I had let my parents down, right? That, that like, right. wow, I blew the piano recital and we are all just not going to be able to show our faces in this the Wilsons town. it's over ever it's again over for the yeah it, it, it did feel that big to me and like I said it was nothing that my mother did my mother was not a tiger mother that would have ever have expressed her displeasure or anything but I still sort of ascribed that to it that that, that my disappointment was was a Shonda on, on our whole house and uh cover the windows in black so I guess Amy blew the piano yeah, yeah. so I guess I I I remember that. I think, oh yeah, I did. I did have a complete lack of perspective on that and my parents' feelings. My parents were just just felt bad that I had messed it up, right? And probably just took me for. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Like on the flip side, like there is the tiger mother argument, which is like, listen, I'm not proud of every single thing you do. Like sometimes you got to do well to be someone I'm proud of. (laughs) Like there, I think it's tempting to feel like these moments define this and what defines it is like an overall feeling uh in your household I mean an overall kind of point of view which I think is harder to talk about because it's very long term but I definitely remember work uh studying for stuff with my parents and it would get to a point we were running vocabulary words or spelling words or whatever it would be and my mother at some point would often say well You've done your best, like you've prepared. So now let's see what happens because you've put a lot of effort in, good job. And now who knows how it's going to turn out. And I think that perspective was really helpful for me. Like I loved hearing that. Like I always remember being that, that being a very comforting moment for me when my mom would say like, okay, like check, you've done your prep. So now, and what happens next isn't really about you anymore. And I think that's, a good lesson that I've kind of taken away just like at a certain point you try your best and then the game either falls your way or it doesn't Mm -hmm. and as long as you can walk away saying listen I went and prepared you know if you lost the game because you were up late like eating Cheetos and you didn't practice or you you buff the piano recital because you were me and you never practiced and you just showed up and tried to wing it like that's a very different feeling of disappointment than like Hey, you tried your best and it didn't fall your way. Right. And I think it's that's a nice thing to kind of help kids understand the difference between those two things as well. The um, GoZen uh, website I was talking about before, it talks about this. So the number one factor that influences your resilience in that moment, which is what matters. Oh, I want to know. Uh, let me guess. Well, outlook? 
Yeah, I mean, cognitive style. In other yeah. words, in other words, they say the way we think about adversity is is what matters. That's right. That's right. But that's also what's tough because for some kids it's super hardwired and it's really hard. They're just <clears throat> naturally really hard on themselves and um you know, I think we have to be careful in thinking about this as something over which we have a tremendous amount of control. Right. Because my high strung guy is going to go in and be high strung and have trouble with the outcome in a different way than my super laid back girl who's like, it's Tuesday, that's my favorite day. And like, <laughs> da, 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 off I go through life. The, the weapon that they have is to choose one thought over another and some kids need to have help with that. And And with an understanding that like, there are different paths to the same place and that some of our kids are going to take the like clear cut sunshiny path pick a couple flowers along the way and get there in 20 minutes and some of our kids are going to take the crazy brambly path and it's so tempting to want to just be like why are you doing that when there is this very clear cut path right here like why would you choose the like rocky scrambling over the mountains alligator infested streams path but trying to keep our eye on the fact that like are they still going in the right direction can we kind of help them find their way there but let them stay on whatever path they've chosen you right. know not devoting your life to like standing on the middle path and being like come over here it's like there's a, a certain point at which that's just going to be so frustrating and and that maybe the better thing is to say like, okay, but be careful. There's alligators right ahead. Let me help you navigate that little part of it. But as long as you're still heading the right way, like stay on whatever path works best for you. Right. Disappointment isn't an alligator. It's not it's going a little to kill bit them. of like a jumped metaphor, but I, I think it sort of encapsulates what I'm trying to say and what I see in my own kids, which is like, oh, it's so there's such an easy way to do this. Like if you would just listen to me, but like don't spend your life banging your head against that because some kids are not actually going to listen to you. And the path is the point, right? The path, the, the, them experiencing disappointment. I keep coming back to this, but preventing them from experiencing disappointment is not our job and not Absolutely the point. Absolutely not. It's, it's about managing it once, it once it occurs. That's right. And I think that's the whole point of my metaphor, which is like, if they choose the like alligator mountain climbing path, you have to go meet them over there sometimes and be like, here's a rappelling rope. Mm -hmm. Like, here's how you should navigate this particular mountain not spend your whole life being like, come on over to the easy pass where you don't even have to do this part of it. You know, but it is true. Like the disappointments I've had in my life, um, I, I, you know, I still call my mom about those things. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do too. My spouse and my mom. Do. Right? So my spouse they do and look my to mom. Us. It isn't. It isn't that. It isn't that our um, that our perspective isn't wanted, even if in the moment it's angrily swatted away. It's definitely deeply for sought. sure. And disappointments, I think, I think they are really real in a way that as I get older I realize like there are I feel like I kind of grew up and had the philosophy of like everything happens for a reason and like never judge a crossroads and everything leads you to these new experiences which is true but looking back on my life and career there have been disappointments that have really changed the path and the course away from things I really wanted and things I still think I would have liked and so you know, that screenplay that almost got bought that might have led to me being like a really successful Oscar winning screenwriter, th that path being closed was disappointing mm -hmm. and remains a disappointment in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to like look at and think about. 
and that it's not true that like every single path is equal and oh whatever happens it was for a reason and you'll see later on and yes perhaps if that door had opened, I wouldn't have met my husband, had my kids, had the life that I love now. But it doesn't mean that that offshoot from my path, I don't still think about it and, and think about the disappointment of that. Right. And I think for kids, you don't, you can't express that to a five-year-old. You might not even really want to express that to a 12-year-old. Like maybe they aren't having those kind of disappointments, but it's okay to see the truth in what's really in, in disappointments and what is disappointing, you know? You don't have to lay down this heavy, like, dark cloud of, yes, you don't even know how disappointment this really is. But I think being able to be truthful with yourself helps your kids realize that, like, things really are profoundly disappointing, but very survivable. Right. right. I, I, I'm, I'm realizing even more as you're saying, yeah, I have this disappointment. And sometimes I still think about those things. And of course, every grown up has those. But of here course. we are. I mean, it's not it's not ruining your Tuesday morning. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's part of life. I think we solved it. Yeah. <laughs> so All don't right. spin. Ice cream's fine. Talk about your own yeah. disappointments. Don't rush in. Start with silence. Oh, oh right? yeah, the don't speak article. I'm definitely, I'm going to put don't that link speak. up. It's just- so like recapping what we've discovered about disappointments today. Point number one, don't rush in to speak. Right. Let, let them speak first, even if it takes, uh, you know, a day. Then, depending on their age, help them like name what's going on with them. This is so frustrating. It's so frustrating that like you don't even know what to do with your body. This is really disappointing. You really wanted that and it didn't turn out right. Right. How frustrating and disappointing. And do so without spin or minimization of, right. of the disappointment. Not like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. just like, wow, you really wanted something to happen and it didn't. That is a really disappointing feeling. Um, number three. He said no consolation prizes, but uh, I we, we feel said like ice cream it. is fine. <laughs> we disagree with Dr. Jim there. We're like... Get the, then next get ice cream right uh, um, and when and talk about your own disappointments talk about your own disappointments and let them see that you the world has continued to turn and that they're part and of life approach activities from the point of view of I love watching you do this versus this has any secondary meaning this has any way attached to how I feel about you personally or how much I love you or how much I believe you can do it. And that their failures are not disappointments to you. You love them right. anyway. And help them take the pressure off with things like, hey, we ch- you, you, pre- you prepped a lot for this. Let's see how it turns out. I like that. And then in the long term, do help them have that perspective of like, don't judge the crossroads. And like in the long term, have the conversation of like, listen, life is long, there's disappointments, but you don't really know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah. So that's probably even more easily talked about in, in the hypothetical, right. Or about something that's long ago or even. Right. As part of the ongoing conversation, but not rushing in the second the ball misses the goal to be like, in the great scheme of things, it doesn't even matter. Like leave that off. Because then our kids, especially if you're my husband and I'm in (laughs) wet cat mode, because I will kill you. That's well that's well said, wet cat mode. Oh but my husband knows well the wet cat mode. But wet cat mode leads to resilience and grit, which are the two most yeah. buzzworded, sought after things. So just just think of all the buzz and resilience. 
Yes. Grit and, and for the mom, though, it's probably good like to remember because I think it's such a hard thing for a mom to watch your child be disappointed and like just comfort yourself with like the only thing anyone cares about in admissions or life right now is grit. Mm-hmm. So like every time that toy gets flushed down the toilet accidentally, it's like, ah, here we go. College admissions, building the grit. Grit, grit, grit. <laughs> Thank God for grit. All right, right? Well, we want to hear about how you guys help kids handle disappointments at your house. And there's a bunch of ways you can tell us. You can reach out on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash whatfreshhellcast. Or you can find us on Twitter, at hellfresh. Or you can go on our website, which is whatfreshhellpodcast.com, where we're going to have all the links of the things we talked about today. And uh, you can leave us comments there. We would love to hear from you. And while you're online already looking up all this great information about what fresh hell yeah jump over to the what fresh hell website and follow the instructions on how to leave us a review on itunes because those reviews really bump us up on the itunes ratings and help us find new followers they improve my grit and resilience yeah we need grit and resilience (laughs) no this is exactly the opposite like don't disappoint us we don't want any more grit in this area we just want we've had enough haven't we told you we've had enough disappointments in our lives please just do this for us so we don't feel disappointed anymore i could have been an oscar winning screenwriter and amy could have been an oscar winning actress and instead of a workout which is what i'm very disappointed and we need your itunes reviews and i think other than that we've figured everything out there is to figure out about disappointed kids i must so, have some ice cream uh, and we're gonna go have some ice cream perfect all right we'll see you for the next episode guys thanks for listening When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 